Hi, everyone. It's Marissa here. This week, I had the absolute honor of interviewing my friend and colleague, Amy flaschenberg Laskowski of Wilder Nutrition. Amy is just such a wealth of knowledge about so many things, but this week we chatted specifically about her specialty, food sensitivities, kind of what to look for if you're experiencing food sensitivities and even ways that Amy works with her clients to heal them. Spoiler alert, all hope is not lost. So I hope you give her a follow. You will not regret it. And I hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome to the Nourished and Nurturing podcast. We're two holistic-minded moms with a passion for real food and raising healthy, empowered children. We want to provide a safe and educational judgment-free zone for supporting women as they journey into motherhood and discover the mom they were meant to be. I'm Marissa of Confidently Balanced. I'm a former speech language pathologist turned nutritional therapy practitioner and have a passion for all things health, wellness, and mindset. I'm also a mama to a little guy with a big personality. And I'm Michelle. I'm a nutritional therapy practitioner student. I have a degree in Thai massage and a master's in business analytics. I'm a mama to a little one and have another one on the way. The content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or qualified health provider with any questions you have regarding a medical concern. Hi, Amy. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me, Marissa. I'm so happy. Of course. I know I have struggled with food sensitivities and digestive issues forever. So you're like my go-to expert on this. I love your Instagram stories and you're just such a wealth. So I'm excited to hear your perspective on all of this. Yeah. Well, I love talking about this stuff. So I'm here to answer any questions that you have for me today. Good, good, good. Yeah. I feel like this is something, I don't know if, I mean, I'm sure you work with a ton of people like who have food sensitivities, obviously, but it just seems like it's something that is being brought up more and more. Um, People are maybe becoming a little bit more aware of this, just kind of being more in our bodies and thinking, okay, this doesn't feel good. So um, I guess just to start, I'd love to hear your background and kind of your history with food food sensitivities or just health stuff in general and kind of how you got to this place of working with people to help help through these issues. Yeah. Um, so my story, I think, starts a lot like, uh, like a lot of other kind of holistic health professionals um, who have struggled with their own health issues and then kind of come back to it from like the other side. <laughs> um, so years ago, I had a, was having a really hard time with my health. I was having severe digestive issues, basically like chronic bloating every single day. I couldn't eat one bite of food without just like completely blowing up and just having to just like lay down on the sofa. I couldn't do anything. I was severely fatigued. I was, I would get these terrible, um, inflamed cysts under my arms. I just wasn't myself. Like there was just so much that didn't feel right in my body. And I knew I wasn't well, but I hadn't, I, I didn't know anything about um, like health and nutrition. And although I thought I did at the time, like I was, there were certain, you know, I was really passionate about like being quote unquote healthy um, to the point where it almost like was to a fault um, where it, it, in some ways I think 
was a contributor to my health issues. So at the time when I'm the onset, at the onset of all these symptoms that I was having, I um, was under a tremendous amount of stress from a lot of different areas of my life. Um, and uh, some of those stressors included under eating, over exercising. I was commuting like four hours a day to and from work. I was uh, planning a wedding, buying a house for the first time. And like some of these are like positive stressors, but stress is so cumulative and stress can have such a profound impact and negative impact on the body when it's in that, you know, just so cumulative over time that my body started to shut down because I wasn't giving it what it needed, though I thought I was because my understanding of nutrition was at the time was not what it is now. Um, I wasn't educated. I, I was getting what I thought I knew as like the quote unquote right thing to do nutrition wise from, you know, Instagrammers and bloggers. And um, at the time I was eating primarily plant-based and my body was really struggling with that, though I didn't know it mm. fully as it was happening. Um, so for years, you know, I was like, but I feel like I'm doing everything right. Why am I feeling so crappy? Uh, you know, I'm not digesting my food. Um, I feel like garbage. I started gaining weight. I was just really inflamed. Like, like things weren't, um, I knew something was off. Um, so I went to, you know, conventional GI doctors. I went to, um, functional medicine doctors and, it took a really long time to kind of narrow down what was happening. And really what it came down to was I had imbalances in my gut. I was living in a, in a, an environment that had mold. So mm-hmm. I was getting like stress from that perspective too. And, um, I wasn't treating myself well mentally and physically. I wasn't being kind to myself and I was stressing my body out unnecessarily by undernourishing it and, abusing it essentially with overexercise. Um, it took a really long time to figure out like what those, all those like contributing factors and root causes of my symptoms were. Um, but over time I kind of started to put the, the puzzle pieces together. And over time, I, as I started to kind of like address those and kind of like pull those down. All right. We're not doing this anymore. We're not doing this anymore. We're going to fuel our bodies better. We're not going to, we're, you know, not going to exercise like we were, we're um, addressing the imbalances in the gut. We're healing the gut, all these things. I started feeling better. My digestive issue, I started digesting better. I started, my food sensitivity started to go away and um, I just started to feel a lot better. So um, it just kind of, was one of those things that took a really long time. And I think a lot of people look for that silver bullet of like, okay, well, what is the thing Mm -hmm. that's causing me to feel the way I'm feeling? And it's frustrating when it's not one thing, Um, but it's rarely one thing, you know? Was, Um, Was it hard for you initially to start making these changes because you were eating primarily plant-based for so long and over-exercising for so long, or were you just so fed up with how you were feeling that you just would have done whatever it took at that point? I would say there, like I did kind of hit a rock bottom where I was like everything, I was like, like things have to change. What is it going to be? Um, and I started to, you know, do more research about the way I was eating and realized, okay, not 
a lot of people don't thrive on a plant-based diet. So perhaps this is something that I need to change. Um, and with the exercise stuff, like I knew I didn't, I like consciously, maybe somewhat unconsciously knew I didn't have the healthiest relationship with exercise, but I wasn't at a place that I was like willing to let that go yet. But when I kind of hit that rock bottom with my health where I was like, I can't feel this way anymore. Um, I kind of like cold Turkey, just like stopped exercising. and was like, I, I have to cut the tie with this like unhealthy relationship I have right now to try to see a change. I'm willing to do anything because I felt so sick. Yeah. So I mean, it, it was, it was hard. It wasn't easy, but it, um, but yeah, like I, there did come a point where I was like, I have to make some changes because I feel so terrible. Yeah. And that sounds like a really long time to be feeling that bad. I mean, yeah. And I think people, people who go through health issues, they might be able to relate to this in that, like, you almost forget what it feels like to feel good because you've been sick for so long. And, um, yeah, you just like, you just forget what it's like to feel normal and it almost becomes your new normal to feel so symptomatic. Um, where you're just like, I don't know the time, like for years I felt this way, but it almost, I almost probably don't appreciate fully how long of a duration that I was feeling that way because it it did become my new normal. Mm -hmm. Um, but I do want to encourage people who are feeling that way to recognize like that this is not normal. You don't have to feel this way forever. Um, there is a way out and it's about figuring out what, what is contributing to your symptoms. Um, and that's just really what made me passionate and wanted to want to kind of go in the direction that I've gone now is I went back to school for nutritional therapy, which, um, Marissa, Marissa and I were in the same class and, um, it really did change my life in a lot of ways. Cause I had been doing research on like moving away from a plant-based diet at the time, but getting this education really like thrust me into this world of, you know, viewing our health as like this whole big picture versus just like, okay, it's just about what you eat and how you exercise. You know, it's like so much more than that. Um, The body is this like incredibly complex system that needs to be nurtured and supported in all the best ways. And um, it allowed me to continue to work through my healing and then be able to give back and help other people who are going through similar things that I was going through, um, heal as well. So yeah, I just, I feel grateful that I went through the experience, not that I would want to wish that on anyone because it's, it's terrible, um, to feel so sick and not know why, and, you know, not feel good in your body is like, that's a terrible feeling. Um, but at the same time, it taught me a lot that I needed to know. Um, and I think that's, that's something that a lot of us can learn from going through, from going through stuff is like, you know, we can learn a lot from those experiences. Yeah. Um, I think that's so valuable because sometimes I know we've talked about this before, but tuning into yourself can be the hardest, most important, clearly, but the hardest first step, just realizing, okay, I am run down or I'm getting injured a lot or like the bloating, like you said, just all these serious issues that can just be so easily brushed off as quote normal by Mm -hmm. medical professionals or even just ourselves. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, totally. That's tough. Well, I love that. And 
I just think you bring so much value to people's lives. So uh, <laughs> what, what is the difference? I know some people, myself included initially, especially can get mixed up between an allergy, a food allergy versus a food sensitivity. So kind of, how do you, how do you tease that out? Yeah. So this is a really common, um, like confusion that people have. In fact, I think a lot of people don't even recognize sensitivity. They almost immediately like think, okay, if I'm reacting to a food in some way, I must have an allergy to it. I get so many people who reach out to me who are like, I'm allergic to eggs. I'm allergic to avocados. I'm allergic to, you know, whatever they're, they think that they're reacting to, but allergies are actually very different from sensitivities. And I think sometimes it's just like a semantics issue. Like they just don't even like think to say the word sensitivity, you know, um, they just know that they're reacting and they know that allergies cause reactions. So, um, but, but when we're, when we're actually looking at how the body is responding to foods in different ways, um, there is a very, there's, you know, very strong distinctions between allergies and sensitivities. So allergies are, they tend to be very immediate and very severe, um, responses to foods. And they involve one certain kind of part of the immune system, so to speak. Um, whereas, and usually people with food allergies know that they have food allergies. Like Mm -hmm. they've probably had them since childhood. That's not to say you can't develop an allergy as an adult, um, or as you get older, but a lot of people know that they have an allergy. Like you probably have an EpiPen, like you fully know that you have an allergy. A sensitivity on the other hand is a reaction to a food that can actually show up anywhere from immediately to 72 hours later, which makes it really hard to pin down. Um, which is one of the most frustrating things about food sensitivities is you're like, I know I'm reacting to something that I'm eating, but I don't know what, because it's been 72 hours since I ate it. (laughs) Um, so what was it, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, intensities involve a separate part of the immune system. And, um, so they're, they kind of are different. They're just kind of like separate run by separate parts of the immune system in, in simple terms. Um, sensitivities, I, I believe are much more common than Mm -hmm. allergies. There are people, a lot of people who are sensitive to things who aren't like full blown allergic um, but it doesn't change the fact that it's these sensitivities cause disruption in your life and cause really nasty and frustrating symptoms. I mean, food allergies, I mean, food sensitivities can result in bloating, you know, digestive issues, um, acid reflux, diarrhea, constipation, all the way to, you know, things that don't even seem like they're digestive related, like headaches and fatigue and brain fog and anxiety and depression mm. and, and skin issues. You know, people don't make the connections between all these symptoms that they can have and a food that they're eating, they might not even know they're reacting to. So yeah. that's what makes food sensitivities such a tricky thing. Um, but it's, yeah, it's just, yeah, it's just like a tricky thing that people, um, like can, it's really hard to pin them down. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) That's a lot. Um, are there certain foods that typically that people tend to be more sensitive to, or is it just a thing, like you said, like kind of when the gut gets disrupted, it could be a host of things and you just have to tease it out. 
Yeah, that's a really good question. So there are some foods that a lot of people tend to be like their common sensitivities. Like if someone is sensitive to foods, there's, there's common uh, foods that are like inflammatory to a lot of people. However, when we're talking about food sensitivities, it's not just about the food and like how your body reacts to that food. It's not just like a direct, like you eat the food and your body reacts. There is a lot of stuff that goes on. So when, it, when we're talking about how the body is responding to these foods, it is a, a direct result of the body not digesting the food properly. And then over time, the body, as it's not digesting properly, those food molecules that, you know, we're, we're eating the food, we're chewing the food, theoretically, we're breaking down the food and um, it's being broken down into like really small molecules of food. Um, and those really tiny particles go through these really small openings in the intestinal lining and into the bloodstream to be taken up by cells that then convert the food into energy, which is what we want. Now, if we're, if we're not digesting our food properly over a long period of time, then our, um, those particles are not being broken down as much. So those molecules of food are larger. And over time, they can start to irritate the really delicate lining of our intestines. And those really small openings start to push wider and get big so that those large molecules of food can go into the bloodstream more freely where the body doesn't really recognize that as something that should be there. It's like, whoa, whoa, who are you? And then it launches an immune system response, which ends up being presenting in the form of all those symptoms that I was talking about, whether that's digestive in nature or headaches or fatigue or brain fog or skin breakouts or, you know, acne, um, mood disturbances, like the immune system will flag those, those foods and say, okay, th these shouldn't be here. And then our body reacts in the form of all these symptoms. Um, so we can react to pretty much any food. If we have a con this condition called leaky gut, which is when the large molecules of food push through, uh, you know, those, those permeable, that permeability of the intestine, those, um, openings in the intestine have gotten too large that's a condition called leaky gut. And that leaky gut is ultimately at the root of food sensitivities. If your gut is in good condition, it's healed up and sealed up, you probably aren't sensitive to foods. I mean, you might, there are certain foods that I think a lot of people like tend to be reactive to regardless, but leaky gut is essentially like the root cause of most food sensitivities. Um, so you can be, people can be sensitive to pretty much anything if they're eating it with a leaky gut condition. Um, if the body is not digesting properly and it's allowing those large molecules of food into the bloodstream, if that makes sense. Yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah, I see a lot of people who are reactive to vegetables, which like doesn't sound like a common allergen. Like we we think of like common allergens or sensitivities to be things like gluten, dairy, shellfish, peanuts, or like a certain nuts and, um, what, and what I'm missing, like corn is another big one. Mm -hmm. So, um, and so, yeah, there are certain things that a lot of people are reactive to because those things just tend to be inflammatory for the body, but then there's a whole, it's like, okay, well, what are, do you have a leaky gut condition? 
what are you eating? If you have a leaky gut condition, you're not digesting your food properly and you're eating bell peppers or broccoli or rice, you're going to react to those foods probably because they're just not being broken down properly. And then they're entering into the bloodstream and your body's like, you should not be here. We're going to make it known that these things shouldn't be here. Um, so yeah, I hope that answered that question, but it's, it's like, it's not really black and white, what people Mm -hmm. tend to be sensitive to. It can run the gamut really. I think that's so important to mention because like you said, we think we should all be eating vegetables or certain fruits or anything. And that's, what's going to make us quote the healthiest, but Mm -hmm. yeah, we could be reacting to something, some, something we could, I could have the leaky gut and you could have a leaky gut and I could be able to eat vegetables and be fine. And you could have the reactions to it. And I just think that's so interesting. And so important to mention because it's not a one size fits all issue, I guess. I mean, I know leaky gut, it seems like people are talking more and more about leaky gut or gut permeability or things like that, which I think is great. But like you mentioned, it's getting down to that root cause as to why it's even happening. Right. Um, and like, you know, typical, like have collagen, drink bone broth. I'm sure that's all great and everything, but that's not going to be a, again, a one size fits all approach for everybody. I'm sure you talk to your clients a lot about that. I mean, is that something that they bring up to you or? Yeah, totally. No, that's a really good point where like, yeah, bone broth and collagen are great gut healing agents and foods, um, to heal, to heal the leaky gut. But then we have to think about, okay, but why did the gut become leaky? Mm -hmm because we weren't digesting our food, but why weren't we digesting our food? You know, it's always, you always have to like take it one step further. Why did this happen? Why aren't we digesting our food? Usually, and this is probably like 95% of my clients, it's an issue with stress. Mm. And stress is not just like, oh, I'm stressed out because of work or I'm stressed out because of, I'm like raising a kid or I'm stressed out. It's not just like one stressor that people have. It's stressors that people aren't even, don't even realize are stressors in their lives. It's, I mean, stress comes in so many forms. It comes in physical forms, right? It comes in like, okay, how are we nourishing our bodies? Are we eating enough? Are we eating a good balance of things? Are we eating like a ton of processed foods? Are we eating a lot of really good nourishing, nutrient dense, real foods? Are we, you know, uh, are we, you know, physically like stressing our bodies with too much exercise? Are we not moving enough? Are we, um, And then there's like the mental and emotional stressors. Is it, are we like, how are our relationships? Are we, um, you know, are we stressed out because of our finances? Are we, um, you know, do we have an outlet for joy and laughter in our lives? It's like, you know, there's just so many areas where stress can pop in that people don't even realize that it could be contributing to their their digestion and then therefore like cause leaky gut. It's just, there's just it's like so many components to it, which is why it's so helpful to work with someone who can help you like peel back those layers. Unless you're really good at doing that yourself, which some people, some people are, I'm, I'm like, I wish I knew. <laughs> I know. I was, I'm like thinking like, I'm definitely not, I feel like I'm self-aware, but I think it, like there's just so much that can be glossed over because you're too close to it to right. realize like yeah. all the things that you're going through and all the things that you have going on that could possibly be contributing to, you know, your lack of digestion and mm-hmm. all the things. So yeah, it's, um, it's hard to pin it down. You know, this it's, so it's important to address those root causes, 
But then when we're talking about food sensitivities, there you kind of, I mean, the way to approach it is like, there's like a multi-pronged approach, right? Like you want to be addressing those root causes, but if the foods you're eating are truly causing you reactions, it might be, and it might serve you best for the time period in which you are addressing those root causes where you're working on your stress, supporting your digestion, healing up that leaky gut, you are also removing the foods that you are sensitive to. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the tendency with food sensitivities, people tend to just eliminate the foods. I see this so often. Like people come to me and they're like, oh my gosh, like I've been on like this elimination diet or I've, you know, taken out the foods that I'm reacting to and I'm still not feeling well. Or as soon as I like, I'm like introduce them again, I, my symptoms pop up again. And that can be really frustrating because it's, it honestly is like hard work to be, to restrict like these things and like eliminate these things. Um, and feel like you're doing, you're like working so hard to do that. And then you don't see any result, you know, that's, mm-hmm. it can be maddening. But the reason why that doesn't work is because if you're eliminating foods, you're not addressing those root causes. You're not addressing the leaky gut. You're not addressing the function of your digestion. You're not addressing your stress. Those things are, are not going to get any better. Like, yeah, maybe you'll feel a little better symptomatically while you're not eating those foods, but ultimately that can actually do even more damage. Not, I don't call it damage, but it can almost make your situation worse because you're sometimes food sensitivities can can get worse when you eliminate foods because then you start to react to the foods that you think are quote unquote safe foods for you. Mm. But like, let's say you are sensitive to broccoli, you eliminate broccoli, but you've been eating like chicken in the meantime, but you're not addressing those root causes. So you swap broccoli for chicken. I don't know why you would do that, but like, (laughs) it's like a weird, it's a weird like swap, but for the purpose of the example. Yeah. Yeah. Bear with me. Um, then you, it's, it's potentially you're setting yourself up to become sensitive to chicken because you still have the leaky gut. You're not addressing how you're digesting the food. So you might continue to develop these sensitivities if you're not addressing those root causes. So that's why it's so important to not just eliminate a food, but make sure you're addressing all of those root causes as well. Yeah. It's, uh, wow. It's just like this cascade. It sounds like once once it's there, it could, it could go any direction. Um, I feel like it's, it seems, and I don't know if you've run into this, but it seems almost, I don't want to say easier because I'm not saying this is easy, but it's like easier kind of sounds sexier to say, Oh, I'm doing a whole 30 or, Oh, I'm doing an elimination diet than it is to say, I'm working with someone to manage my stressors or I'm cleaning up my environment because it's stressing out my body. You know, it's, it's essentially, it's not free because obviously you have to buy these groceries, you have to invest your time and all of this, but it's not like you're working with a practitioner or someone who is genuinely invested in your well-being, your health, and teasing out these root causes like you talked about. And gosh, I mean, I've I know for me personally, I've tried to piece together my own wellness plan and all the things. It has never once worked out for exactly the reasons you just mentioned. And right. it is frustrating. I mean, I'm I'm sure you see people who are kind of at their wits end, I'm sure. Right. And do you see that a lot or is it people yes. just kind of like at the beginning of, Oh, I'm a little bloated here and there or. 
No, it's usually, I mean, yeah, you're right. Like it's people who have been dealing with this stuff for a long time and they're like, I feel like I'm doing all the right things. Like I feel like, so I'm avoiding the foods that I'm reacting to, or like, like you said, like I went did a whole 30, but like, I don't know. I feel like I eat pretty well, but I still don't feel good or, um, yeah, like I'm, I, I eat quote unquote clean and I still have bloating. It's like you, you, these, the people who, who are dealing with this think they're doing the right things because they're not there because they're so they're aware, they're body aware, which is, which is a great thing Mm -hmm. because at least they're in touch with their bodies enough to know that something's not right. They're not feeling the way that they, they know that they could feel or they should be feeling. Um, but they're also people who are wanting to, you know, they do the research or they, they do what they think is the right research. They go online and they, they think that they like, they're like, okay, well, I need to do an elimination diet. I need to cut these things out, but you're right. It's, it's, it's not just about that. It's thinking it's doing the things that aren't like trendy or cool or, you know, that you can like package up really easily in a Mm -hmm. bow and say, okay, just take this like probiotic, you know, like sometimes I'm not saying probiotics aren't sometimes really helpful, but I'm saying it's not always that easy, you know? And I, I think that people tend to look for that, like, okay, like what is the thing I need to do? Well, it's not one thing you need to do. It's, there's a whole lot going on here. And I, this is something I tell my clients a lot is it, we didn't get to a place with our health where we have to reach out to someone to get help overnight. Like we get to this place where our health, where we're at feeling desperate and just wanting to feel better. That takes years to get to that point. Your body's not going to heal overnight. It's not going to be one thing that helps to heal it. It's going to take time and take effort. And yeah, you're right. Like, it's not going to be like, it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be fun, but if you do it in the right strategic ways and you're actually addressing all the things that are going on, that's where you'll find actual true relief from the symptoms and the problems that you're having. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm thinking of my mother specifically. We were actually just talking earlier today about some of the stuff that she has going on. And I am almost certain that I, she has a lot of stress that she needs to work mm-hmm. through, but she's also from... I don't want to, I want to, I don't want to pigeonhole these people, but she's from the generation where it's like, okay, well, here's a pill that can fix you. And then here's another pill and that can fix you. And do you see that a lot with the people that you work with where, like you mentioned, just take this probiotic or I know we live in an age as well, where like the information is all out there on the internet for better or for worse. And it can be really tempting to just say, okay, well, I'm going to buy this supplement from the grocery store. And this says it'll help me with bloating or digestion or something. And then I'm fine. Like, what would you say to someone who might be in that position? Like, should I just buy this $10 bottle of pills and hope it fixes me or, you know? Right. Yeah. The, that is so our nature is like human nature mm-hmm. to be like, okay, this sounds like it could help me. And, you know, marketing is a business. Like that is a hundred percent a business where on a bottle, if it's like bloat, get rid of bloat or whatever. Like you're going to sign up for that, right? If that's what you have going on, if that is your issue and you see something that claims to address that issue, why wouldn't you buy in? You know, mm-hmm. the problem with that is, is kind of what we talk, we, what we've been talking about is that it's never one thing that's, that's the issue. Um, 
it's always like a multi, multi pronged problem, right? There's always, it's not just um, the fact that you might have bacterial imbalance. So it's not like a probiotic is going to be the, the only thing that helps. So maybe it could help the bacterial imbalance you have. But if you're also not addressing how you're digesting your food, you're not chewing your food, you're not, um, you know, you're stressed out when you're eating, that won't matter. Like you basically, like you're, it kind of won't matter that you're taking the probiotics, you know? Yeah. But I think it, it, like, you're right. It's so common for people to want to latch on to the, the thing that's going to help them. Um, and, you know, I think there's a, a time and a place for, for the pill, the thing that like will help you if that's like some, something that you need to take. But I don't know. I think that, that that's, it's just, people are really quick. They're quick. Um, to jump to those things before addressing some of the less exciting, less, less exciting things where it might take more work and they might have to think about it and develop new habits, um, change some things in their lifestyle. That, none of that's easy. That can be so uncomfortable. Yeah. So uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. But it's, um, yeah. Like if they're willing to put that time and effort in and make those changes it really can make a huge difference. And I think that a lot of people see that where they, they try the supplement, they try the pill and maybe it helps for a little bit, or maybe it, maybe it doesn't help at all. And you just like wasted money on like a random supplement that you don't even know if like it's going to work for what you have going on. You're just like, I think this is, it sounds good. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think it's just kind of adds to frustration over time where you're like, it kind of feeds into that mindset of like, I can't get better. Like this is kind of how I am now, which doesn't help at all with the healing process. Yeah. <laughs> where you can be start to get really defeated when things like aren't working. Um, which is why I totally believe in like investing in your health and like working with a professional who can help you look at your health from this like holistic perspective and address like everything you have going on, peel back all of your layers so that you're not spending like random 20, 30, 40 bucks on supplements here and there. And you have no idea if it's going to work. And chances are they don't because you're not using the right things and you're not changing the things that you need to. So it's like over time, like what is like ends up being in your best interest, like Mm -hmm. financially, energy wise, sanity wise, you know, anyway. No, I think that's so important because it does seem from that outside perspective, before you really start to dig in, it's it's like, okay, well, it almost makes more sense for me to spend $10 on this supplement, or it makes more sense for me to spend, you know, $20, $30 on my doctor's copay for them to just reassure me that everything's normal. And that all does add up. And I think we really need to get to a place. And I, I sometimes see the tables turning and I just hope they keep spinning where we look at health as we we take preventative measures. So we don't get to that point. Um, not only just for what we're spending, you know, but just for obviously the better of human nature, because Mm -hmm. you don't want to hit this rock bottom place where you can't get up off the couch or you can't eat, like you said, more than a bite of food without feeling bloated. And I don't know, it's just, ugh. It, it can be so frustrating. That's how I view it anyways. Like I I know people, like people I've worked with will t- say, oh, well, organic is so expensive or grass-fed, it's so hard to find. And I get it. And it is. And that's not the end-all be-all. And that's not like to say you have to do everything perfectly by the book. And that's the only way you're going to get better. Sure. But just kind of like taking those steps 
when you start to feel yourself falling down this or that you start to suspect you have like these issues going on, or I don't know, that might be a side tangent, but just getting back to a preventative place, I think. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I think it's, um, people say you can either pay the farmer or the doctor, you know? So that's like kind of that same, that same concept of like preventative, like let's, let's treat our bodies well, you know, on the front end so that we're not feeling these things on the, on the other side. Um, you know, when things, when shit hits the fan. Exactly. Yeah. Cause what do you have if you don't have your health, you know, and it's kind of a sobering thought, but yeah. Yeah. Um, how do you pull this into your practice? How do you specifically work with people with food sensitivities and what, what does that kind of look like? Yeah, it can look like a lot of different things. So, um, we've been talking about some of the, like, so I I work with clients one-on-one in it. So they'll come to me, they suspect they have food sensitivities. Most of my clients suspect they have food sensitivities. They're reacting to foods. They have digestive symptoms. Um, some are, some are, they're like, yes, I know I'm sensitive to these foods. They're just very aware of like what they react to. Other people are like, I don't know what I'm reacting to. In both scenarios, I always start with these kind of foundational basic, um, strategies where we are making sure that they are digesting their food properly. We're working on their stress. We are making sure that their blood sugar is balanced. We're making sure that they're well hydrated. Like all of these things that actually, believe it or not, do down the line help to address food sensitivities because of kind of that like root cause approach that we were talking about where digestion and all these other things actually impact whether or not um, we have a leaky gut and therefore whether or not we have food sensitivity. So we kind of address those foundational pieces you know, I would say maybe like seven out of 10 times, that is what people need the help with. Mm -hmm. That's what helps them get better and, and address their food sensitivities. But sometimes we need to dig a little bit deeper and I'm able to order some tests for these clients. We do some stool testing, which tests for, um, bacterial and fungal um, markers in the gut. Like how is the balance of bacteria in your gut? Do you have pathogens, parasites, certain bacteria, um, fun things like that. And then like intestinal markers for like, how are you digesting your food? How are you digesting? Or do you have enough pancreatic enzymes to digest properly? If not, we will address that. So we're a lot, we're able to get um, a little bit more specific and targeted with that person in kind of like what their gut health is doing because we know that gut health is at the root cause of sensitivities. And we're also able to actually run a test for food sensitivities. So we, it's a blood test. It's called the MRT, which stands for mediator release test. Um, and it's kind of the gold standard for food sensitivity testing. Um, there's a lot of kind of bogus tests out there that test like where you can like order it online and you prick your finger and send it back and it will send you back like a list of foods it claims you're sensitive to. I don't want to say that they're like inaccurate, but they're not comprehensive, meaning um, those tests tend to test only for antibodies, but we know that the body, uh, the immune system 
does not just put out antibodies in response to foods we're sensitive to. It puts out things called mediators, which end up being kind of like the byproduct of like how we are reacting to foods. So there's like these other reactions, this other like type of immune response we can have to a food other than just the release of antibodies um, that those other kind of at-home tests test for. Mm -hmm. So the MRT is a lot more comprehensive, going to give you the actual picture of what your sensitivities are. So we run that test. We're able to find out what food someone is highly reacted to, moderately reacted to, or not reacted to. And then we develop a protocol that says, okay, we, ha- we know that you have these things going on in your gut because of your stool test. And we know you're sensitive to these foods. Let's address them. So that protocol will be include lifestyle stuff. It will include, you know, supporting the function of digestion. It will work. It will um, include addressing any bacterial or fungal imbalances, any deficiencies, and then um, working on eliminating the foods that we know they're sensitive to, but making sure they're getting a lot of the other good quality foods that they're um, eating as well. So it's like this, again, this multi-pronged approach. It's not just eliminating the foods that we know they're sensitive to. It's not just addressing the bacterial stuff. It's all of it at once. And that ends up being really effective. I love that. And I love that you mentioned this other testing, because again, it can be so easy to just go online, order this little test, but yep. Telling you the how and the why, like we talked about, I, I think that's so, so, so valuable. Um, what would you say to someone who knows that they're experiencing food sensitivities, but they are kind of afraid to start eliminating and they're fearful that they won't be able to eat their favorite foods anymore, or, you know, it's going to be like a forever thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a really good question. I think it's a fear of a lot of people and it might even be a barrier to people like seeking out getting help for that. Cause they're almost afraid to know the truth. Yeah. <laughs> um, I can relate. <laughs> I can too, because yeah. like, oh, if you're like love a food, but that's the food you're sensitive to. And I will say that a lot of times when I run these MRT tests for people, their results come back where they're highly or moderately sensitive to their favorite foods. And this is because it's the foods that they eat most often. Mm. And if you have a leaky gut condition and you're eating cauliflower, like let's say cauliflower is like one of your favorite foods and you eat it all the time if you're eating cauliflower all the time and you have a leaky gut, your body is going to start like reacting to that food all the time. Like, because it's your, your um, immune system is constantly seeing that undigested, you know, food molecule of that was cauliflower over and over and over. So it's going to start to flag that every time it sees it. So it's very common for people's favorite foods to be things that they're sensitive to if they have that leaky gut going on. Um, what I say to those people when they have that going on and they're like, Oh my God, what am I going to do without cauliflower? Um, is, you know what, this is a temporary thing. And it is, you know, when I put these people on a protocol, they're eliminating the food for 12 weeks, which might sound like a lot if it's your favorite food, but it's not forever. Yeah. And we're, we want to focus on healing, right? Like that's, that's the end goal. We always want to be focusing on like, why are we doing this? What is the reason here? And ultimately it's so that you can enjoy those foods again. Like that's the goal. It's not the, it's not a forever thing. I never want someone to have to never eat cauliflower again, if that's one of their favorite foods. Like the goal is to heal the body 
get it back into balance to a place where it can digest cauliflower and the immune system isn't reacting to it anymore. Um, so ultimately it's like, let's keep our eyes on the prize. It's gonna kind of suck in the meat, you know, between now and then, but it's not forever. This is part of the healing process. I love that. I love that so much. Yeah. It makes it, it definitely makes it manageable one step at a time. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Amy, this has been absolutely amazing. I think just so valuable for so many people. Is there anything else that you want to touch on or add or anything I didn't ask? I think we covered all of it. Yeah, that was good. That was really good. good. You did good. (laughs) Um, Can you tell people where they can find you and things that you have going on, just how people can reach out? Yeah, so you can find me. I have a website. It's for my practice, Wilder Nutrition and Wellness. So it's just wildernutrition.com. And the website has links to um, ways to work with me. Um, it has waiting lists for, I have a online course called free your food sensitivities and it's designed to basically walk people through on their own time in a self-paced way, exactly how I walk my one-on-one clients through addressing and healing their food sensitivities in all these ways that we've talked about today, but in a more in-depth way, um, And so the waiting list for that, I open it up occasionally, um, but it's not just like open all the time. Um, So you can join the waiting list for that so that you know when the doors open um, on my website. And then I hang out on Instagram. So you can find me there at Wilder Nutrition. And yeah, I think that's pretty much much yeah. And of course we're going to link to your website and social media and everything so people can find you easily. Cool. I so appreciate you being here. Thank you so much for this. Oh my gosh. It's been so fun. Thank you for having me. Of course. Of course. Email us your questions at nourished and nurturing at gmail.com and find us on Instagram at nourished and nurturing. You can find more from me, Marissa, at confidentlybalanced.com. And you can find more from me, Michelle, on Instagram at Michelle Taggy. Please subscribe, rate, and review our podcast if you like what you heard and share it with a friend. We look forward to talking to you next week.